This week's episode might be a little controversial, and that's fine. I think talking about this stuff more is what's going to create more understanding and less divide, which I think is what we're seeing a little bit now in the dog training community. So what we're going to talk about today is the different training philosophies that a lot of different trainers take and which one's going to be best for you. So let's dive into this next. Let's go ahead and get going on this week's episode. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Learn, Laugh, Bark. I am Jake from OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. We are an online course uh, website. We can jump on there and hopefully be able to take some courses and, and possibly some other things that will be coming up soon. So the site is being built as we speak. So if you're interested, jump over to OnDogTrainingAcademy.com. And click the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner and get on our email list. We don't email a lot. We just will send updates as courses drop and other things like that. But I promise we will not be extremely obnoxious when it comes to what we send you guys for emails. Uh, also, look us up. Look us look up the Learn, Laugh, Bark pod- podcast on Facebook. You'll be able to join some discussions and talk to me about some things that you want to hear more about in these podcasts. So definitely um, look that up, Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast on Facebook. Other than that, we're going to jump into this one pretty quick here. Just, it's like I said in the the intro, it's going to be a little controversial, I suppose, because there's people who are so dead set on training style A, training philosophy A, training philosophy B, whatever. Um, And it just seems like, with most thing, most things, even non-dog related, it just seems like divides are just being absolutely just set massively um, because of it. So we're going to walk through or talk through um, pretty much the top seven. We'll skim through a couple of them because there's some that I just think are borderline ridiculous in a sense. Um, but we're going to skip. We're going to go through the top seven uh, training philosophies or training styles that people trainers like to use. And um, we'll kind of discuss it. And then at the end, I'll let you guys know which one I think is the best one to use. And uh, you might be surprised. So the first thing is, the first one, I should say, is a very old, old style uh, one. It's, it's the alpha dominance dog training. So, you know, you might, you might think of something like an alpha roll, where you roll the dog on their back, pin them to the ground, um trying to be more of like this an alpha taking things from your dog because you're in charge and that's what you should be able to do um this i think this this training style um has its pros and cons to it for sure um being the dog's leader can definitely be helpful um but a, a massive con that we find with it is that there's a lot of people who try this and what it ends up doing is adding so much more conflict and confusion to the dog. So the pro is that, yes, being an alpha and in charge is great. Uh, the con is just creating more issues than it's worth. Um, the next one, which is definitely one of the big ones, is your positive reinforcement training. 
Um, this could also be known as like reward-based training, force-free training, however you want to call it. Um, it, it it's very, very popular right now. Um, you're using a lot of food motivation, uh, a lot of rewards. You're not really doing, as it sounds, as the, as the title sounds, positive reinforcement. You're not doing <clears throat> really correcting or anything like that. Um, the pros to it is you're keeping things positive, um, obviously. So your dog's going to be a little bit more happier through everything, which can be good or bad. Um, and and it, it's, a, it's a relatively, I think, easy method to understand, but I think it's a difficult philosophy to master. Um, also, with so that a pro is that it's, it's, it's pretty simple. The dogs tend to enjoy it. A con is um, applying it appropriately basically. So, uh, and then having to carry around constant food, all that, those things can be a little bit of a con, a con for that for sure. Um, the next one, <clears throat> clicker training. So clicker training, which also we call marker training, uh, is basically you're using a clicker, a marker, a word, whatever it might be, um, to capture things as they happen or as you're building into it. So if your goal is to get your dog to sit, Every time you your dog sits, you use a clicker. You click and you reward them. So the dog starts to learn. Oh, okay. When you say this word and I do this action, this happens. And it's, to me, it's 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 a timing thing. Um, so a pro for this, a giant pro for this is is you're you're able to precisely mark um, behaviors as they happen. Like I said, you tell a dog to down, and as soon as those elbows touch the ground, you're able to click and mark the behavior the second it happens. And it's giving you a lot more positive uh, uh, reinforcing, or you're giving you a lot more um, positive habits and stuff like that because you're you're getting to it fast. The con, and this is a big con, I think, is timing. Timing can be tricky. People are slow or too fast or too slow. And because clicker training, I think, has to be precise, especially when you first start doing it, um, if you're not picking up on things, if you're not clicking when you should, if you're clicking too early, too late, whatever, dogs might be a little more confused than than it would be worth. The next one, uh, which is extremely popular still, but also extremely controversial to some, is your e-collar training. E-collar training is you've got the, the, the electric collar on them, and you're basically using it as your form of a correction. Um, and I mean, people who do e-collar training can probably get into this way more in depth. Um, but but it's it's definitely uh, very, very popular. Um, it allows you to correct away. So if you're not near your dog, if your dog is off leash and your dog does something that warrants a correction, um, you're able to, to use a correction, obviously, by just pushing the button and, and everything. There, I, I think it obviously takes a lot of good training. Um, but... E-collar training is definitely one that is is popular still, and and uh, I think it's really good. The, the or not really good. I just think it's it's really popular. The next one is the model rival dog training. So this is basically like having your dog watch other things happen. Watch a dog playing fetch. Watch a dog swimming. Watching a dog do different things. So it's basically like a almost like a a monkey see monkey do type of thing. Um, and I think it, it definitely has its advantages. It has its disadvantages as well because, I mean, you better make sure you have a dog that's um, 
that is is wanting or that is is able to show the proper things. If you have a dog, and you already see this at home, if you have multiple dogs, you bring a puppy in, your puppy's going to learn from your adult dog good things and bad things just from mimicry, right? Um, it definitely helps, like, with puppies, like, expanding skills and everything like that. Um, and it's watching, you know, watching basically a peer or something do the work. So there's definitely some advantages to it. Uh the next one, or the, not, not the next one, but a con to it is, um, like I mentioned, it, it, this isn't going to be great for healing, in my opinion, like healing different different things. I don't think dogs are going to watch another dog healing loosely on a leash and go, oh, okay, that's how it's done. Um, I think there's certain skills that this type of training is super beneficial to, but I think there's also a lot of them that don't really work when it comes to this. Um, so there's it's a little bit limiting, in my opinion. Um, but again, that's my opinion. <clears throat> Someone who maybe specializes in it, in it could utilize it a lot better than me. I don't know. Uh, the next one then, we just have two left here, is the relationship-based training. So this is basically keeping your dog completely happy, unstressed during training. Um, using, you're basically, when you're doing training, you're using, there's like no distractions, there's no nothing. It's just you and your dog. You're focusing on stuff. Um, you're learning dog's body language, um, so you can recognize when your dog is stressed and nervous and you can be able to kind of eliminate that as best you can. Um, you want to keep the dog feeling secure and good. So it's basically keeping the dog happy. You're not using corrections, uh, different things like that. But it, 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 I think it's, it's, when you read about it, you'll say, well, what's the difference between that and positive training? Um, there, there really isn't a ton. Uh, the only the conduit is training can be super slow uh, when you're trying to keep your dog happy, which means if you're trying to work through an issue, if you're trying to do something, anything really, uh, and, and it starts to stress your dog out, you have to back off a little bit. Uh, you, you don't work them through the stress. You have to back them off of it and, and keep them at a happy level, basically. And so obviously, for that reason, it can be an extremely slow, slow, slow uh, process. The next one is... The science, and this is the last one, science-based uh, dog training. This one is, I think this one actually is has a ton of of upside to it, but there's an asterisk next to that. Like, it, it, this is great, but, right? So, uh, science-based is basically, they're using evidence to achieve a desired result. So, they're using scientific evidence on um, the cognition and learning of dogs, and, um, and it's 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 trying to use the most up to date knowledge that we know about dogs to train them, which I think is great. Here's the issue with it, though. Um, well, I should say the, the the a pro to it would be the approach helps uh, owners learn learn more about dog behavior, um, which of course is always a good thing. Um, it, it, it like and I mentioned it understand you're understanding your dog and the latest research and science that's available but that's also a con is that you could be working for six months you could be working on something that you read science-based uh, and then six months from six months it gets proven not to be correct and you're like crap okay so I've been spending six months doing it this way now they're telling me this doesn't work now I have to change and do what they're telling me to do and then who knows if you're gonna go another six months I mean the science and dog training, and this is a great thing, I think, um, is is evolving. It's getting better and better and better. But with that being said, that also means if you follow it to the T, you're going to be changing what you do 
even if it's slightly, you're going to be changing what you do a lot, which again goes back to taking, it's going to be a slower process, I think. Maybe I could be wrong if you think about it. Maybe the if we're able to figure out better ways to communicate with the do- with our dogs, it'll streamline the training. Things will become more simpler for the dog. But I just feel like anytime I try to go to a new training style with my own dogs, it tends to be a process of like rebuilding basically. You know, you have to rebuild what you're doing and you have to start over and it, it can kind of be a bit of a pain in the butt. So there's definitely there's definitely those uh, seven training styles, training philosophies. There, there's pros and cons to all of them. Really, there is. Um, and like I mentioned at the beginning, I'll tell you which one I think is the best one to use, hands down. And that is all of them. All of them. I personally feel like, and this, <clears throat> people are going to agree with me. People might think this is a cop-out because then I don't have to pick a side. I ride the fence. I ride the fence of all seven training uh, uh, philosophies. If I had someone come up to me and say, hey, I use this for training, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't get mad at anybody for saying they're training anyway, period. And here's why. There's so many factors that go into how you train your dog. Someone can tell you the best way to train your dog. Someone can tell you, yeah, you train your dog using this style and it'll be perfect for you. Like, yeah. But there's so many factors. If the person doesn't know you or your dog, I don't think it's fair to say that, yeah, the, the dog's going to, you and your dog are going to have this awesome, awesome thing going on and your dog's going to be super smart and everything's going to be perfect. I, You know, so you think, Let's take the two, in my opinion, the two big ones. So like your correction training, and that could pull in. There's a few different ones on here. And then your positive only training, and there's a few on here that also pull into it. So basically, you could break down um, training philosophies sort of into like two camps. And this is where the divide happens, and this is what sucks, is you have your your positive trainers, and then you have everybody else. You have your, your trainers who will use correction, okay? And... I think both sides have extremely valid points on why they do what they do. But again, like I said, it depends on you. It depends on your dog. If I have an extremely shy, submissive dog, corrective training maybe won't be the answer. Maybe. There's always there's always uh, uh, situations that maybe it does. But if your dog's personality isn't there to be able to handle a correction, then corrective training isn't the avenue I want to go. If your dog is extremely stubborn, not food motivated, not whatever, then maybe maybe positive only isn't going to work. Maybe force free is not going to work because force free and positive food and, 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 and reward motivation is extremely important. So if your dog isn't, isn't that, then maybe that's not going to work for you. What I'm trying to say is don't get sucked into one camp or the other camp. Keep your opinions and your ideas open. Take you as a handler. How's your timing? Are you able for timing? Can you use the clicker? Can you use the e-collar? Can you administer a correction? Marker words, can you reward? If your timing isn't great, then maybe certain training philosophies or training styles aren't going to be good for you. I think with correction training, correct if you're going to correct the dog, your timing has to be super good. And if you're not able to do it, then maybe it's not yours. Are you, you know, not something you should do? Another question is, are you comfortable training uh, correcting a dog? This is one thing that I see a lot with positive trainers is it draws in, positive training draws in people of all different styles. 
one thing it draws in is people who maybe aren't comfortable correcting their dog, which is okay. But again, I feel like if you're if you're going to that camp, but your dog needs it, needs to be corrected, maybe there's a hiccup in there. But think about what your dog needs, but think about what you need. Okay, do you have the patience to do positive only? Do you have the timing to do correction training or even positive only? You know, are you able to continue this on? I don't care what you're, no, I don't want to say that because that, that might not be, that might not sit good with people. No, you know what, I'm, I don't want to say I don't care, but I guess I don't know how else to say it. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter what your trainer says. I'm a trainer, so this kind of goes against everything I'm thinking in my head right now. But your trainer could say, you need to correct this dog. But if you know your dog and you know your dog will come up the leash, will melt, will pee, will do whatever when they correct the dog too hard, then it doesn't matter what your trainer is saying. This needs to come from what's best for you and what's best for your dog. And I cannot echo that and repeat that enough. This isn't about what style is the best. It's what style is the best for you. That's plain and simple all it is. I've I've dealt with plenty of dogs that if I tried to do positive only, they would run me over. They would they would take advantage of everything. And they so correction was the best way. I've dealt with a bunch of dogs that if I were to correct them or do anything that wasn't positive only, you know, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. The dogs would the dogs it just wouldn't work. Like it the dogs would would turn into a puddle or whatever. So so just try to come up with what's best for you, what's best for your dog. Uh, if you find that you're an extremely hard, if you have short attention, or not attention, if you have short patience and stuff, you know, I don't know, get a cat, get a fake animal or something. But I just feel like sometimes we go to the training style that our trainers are telling us to do, and it may not be the right fit. And I'm rambling and kind of circling around on this all the time. So I'll kind of break away from that and, and leave it kind of at that where, you know, really think about what's best. What are you comfortable doing? If you're comfortable, like for me, I'm comfortable doing all different training styles. I'll use, I use the, the, the model rival dog training mimicry is what I call it, but I'll use that when I'm teaching recalls, come get a treat. Oh, look how awesome you are. The other dog's watching the whole time. And before you know it, that dog's like, wait, I want to come when you say that because I want treats. Perfect. Awesome. So I'll use that. Dominant stuff, yeah, I'll use, I don't, alpha roll, I think alpha rolling is, is stupid, but that's just a personal thing. I, I think all that, but I think there is something to be said about being the leader of the pack. I do think there's something to be said about that. I've seen a lot of dogs, if there's not a good set alpha in the house, feel like they need to become the alpha. And a lot of dogs are really shitty at being alphas. I'll be honest, they're, they're terrible at being alpha dogs. So then they, they bark a lot, they try to nip and bite they're super like not confident but because there's no alpha they feel like they need to take the role um you know e-collar training i think again i think e-collar training has a place as well and some people might completely just disagree with me and say it's the worst thing ever i don't know i don't know if i think the e-collar is going to get a result that's going to save my dog's life you bet your ass i'm gonna be using e-collars you know, if I think positive only is going to be what's going to save a dog from having to get euthanized or from running away or whatever, you bet your ass I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it all. I don't care. I honestly don't care. And that's what I think a lot of people need to get to. Get to a point where 
you're confident in the training style that you've picked. And really, like I said, it should be all of them. Don't sit and just be like, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Be all of it. Be all of it. Relationship-based dog training, you should have an awesome relationship with your dog. I have an awesome relationship with my dog, and I'll use corrections. I try to use positive only most of the time, you know, but there's times where a correction's necessary. Now, I'm not saying I blow my dog up, but a correction sometimes is necessary, and I'm, I'm not mean about it. I think there's value in a dog learning corrections happen, but they're not the end of the world, and don't take it personally. If I correct you, it's it's not a personal thing. It's because you made a mistake, and here's the result, and once you fix it, we're happy we move on. But, like with puppies and stuff, I try to be as, as positive as possible, you know. And and the science-based, yeah, I read articles and I, I learn a bunch of different things. And I try to implement them as best I can without completely flipping everything I'm working on. I try to implement into different things. So, read through. There's tons of different websites with tons of different, like, basically they're all the same um, basic list here of about seven, eight, sometimes there's a little bit more different training um philosophies but read through them read through all of them understand all of them i think that's the whole problem with all of this i have friends that use e-collars and corrections i have friends that are positive only and i'll tell you what both of them or both of them all of them are damn good trainers they're damn good trainers and I've taken my time to understand why they do what they do, especially the the positive reinforcement, because that to me is, they're doing it only, like their only positive reinforcement, they're only, you know, that style, and to me that's not how I train, but I have learned a ton from them, and I implement things I've learned from them in my own training, so I just think before you decide to go to jump on whatever training style bandwagon you want to be on, read them all, understand them all, and potentially jump on the fence with me because I think this fence is an awfully good place to be. If you if if you if you have a toolbox, you want to put as many tools in it as possible. And if you're limiting it to a small section, a small little group of tools, then when a situation comes up where maybe something else would be a good thing, you either don't know how to do it, or you, you've you convinced yourself it's such a bad thing that you refuse to do it, you know, and so get out of your own way, get out of your own way, get out of your, your own beliefs, and I'm, you probably, people listening maybe don't even have any uh, set belief in training, maybe you do, um, but just open up, open up and be willing to take it all in, so guys, hopefully, You've learned something, or at least, I don't know. Hopefully you got something from this episode. Uh, We're going to keep pumping these things out. Uh, I keep coming up with with new topics every week, and we're going to keep doing this. Uh, Some might not be as controversial as maybe this. Some might be more controversial than this. I don't know. I've got some written down that hmm, I don't know if I'll talk about or not. We will see. But of course, guys, like I mentioned before, if you have topics that you would like me to talk about, jump over to our Learn, Laugh, Bark podcast Facebook page. I believe it's LLB Podcast. You can just search that on Facebook. You'll find us there. Jump on there and tell me what you guys want us to talk about because I got a lot of things to talk about and, well, but I'd like to make sure I'm covering things that you guys want to hear as well. 
So thank you guys for listening this week. I know it was a little bit long-winded, but hopefully you guys kind of understand some of the training methods and hopefully you do some research on your own to figure out what's going to be best for you and take little snippets off of each one and say, hey, this style would work good in this situation and this style will work good in this situation. Everybody's different. Every dog is different. There's no cookie cutter. If you reach, if you get to a trainer that says they have a cookie cutter way to train every single dog, to me, I would just turn around and leave. I, I don't, I don't think it's true. Every dog, like every person, is an individual, and they need to be tra- treated and trained as such. So thank you guys, and like every single week, we'll see you the next episode.